The fire in my words. Fire. We talk, talk. History unfolded. Here on this day. I love what's cooking. The mic is hot. I'm ready to I'm go. I'm ready to go. Come on. Hey, we slam, no cypher in effect. We ready for warfare. We ready to get wrecked. Give it back. Crossroads cypher's on deck. We cycling guard science. Salute my mic check and walk with it. All hell, fuck a lesson. Get down. Get him up. Fuck him up. Mill cypher. You will agree. For everywhere that we go. That we crush these motherfuckers. It's the return of the guard. Let the dollars be born. Close your mouth from shock and get your peoples on a horn. Tell them that I reforged the movement sword and I'm ready to get it on. Destined Aragorn, battle tested. I'm in the struggle worldwide, bringing coaches out the nooks and crannies. It's our time for rhyme elevation. We stiffen the competition. He's back. There is one group of generals, however, that the president is standing firm with. Dead racist losers. More specifically, the Confederate commanders after whom 10 army bases are currently named. Days ago, the Pentagon said that they wanted to begin a bipartisan conversation about renaming these 10 bases, but the president shut that down. He wants to continue to honor them. He wants to continue to honor, for example, John Brown Gordon, the namesake of Fort Gordon in Georgia. Major General Gordon is believed to have headed the Georgia Ku Klux Klan, essentially in that era, a terrorist organization. The president wants to continue to honor General Henry Benning, who was, in the words of General David Petraeus, quote, such an enthusiast for slavery that as early as 1849, he argued for the dissolution of the Union and the formation of a Southern slaveocracy, unquote. He wants to continue to honor Braxton Bragg, a slave owner who resigned ignominiously after losing the Battle of Chattanooga. And on and on, you get the point. Men who declared war upon the United States to fight for their right to own and rape and kill black Americans. Now, the White House cannot defend the fact that a U.S. military base is named after someone believed to have headed the Georgia Klan. So instead, they talk about how we won two world wars with soldiers trained on those 10 bases. Four of these forts were named in the 19-teens. Six of them were named in the 1940s. These bases were not named after the Civil War as an attempt at national reconciliation. They were named in the 20th century as a way of honoring the racist lost cause that the generals fought. The key word in that phrase, lost. They lost, and rightfully so. Their cause was immoral. White House Press Secretary Kayleigh McEnany, arguing that the bases should not be renamed, asked hypothetically this week, where does it end? Do we take away honors to George Washington or Thomas Jefferson? And that's a fine question, and I don't have an answer. Washington and Jefferson had slaves. Though their careers were not built on fighting for the right to own slaves, in other words, They're honored despite the hideous parts of their histories, not because of the hideous parts of their histories. But before we talk about where this all ends, it does not take much moral clarity to understand that a good place to start would be for the United States to stop honoring traitors and terrorists. All right, Ron Holland here, and of course, a good day to you. 
Uh, we're going to jump right into this because I am excited. I'm raring to go. Uh, this is a subject, a topic that I wanted to discuss uh, because certainly this has been on my heart for quite some time. The tumbling of white supremacy. America reckons with her vile heritage. And uh, uh, Jake Tapper beat me to the punch. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to uh, put a final point on this issue because there is a relational um, situation going on here. I am a black man, an African-American, a descendant of African people. And of course, I am a descendant of my ancestors who had to endure years of slavery here in this country. And uh, so the kind of passion and the raw feelings that certainly needs to be expressed uh, with regard to this issue, uh, certainly I want to bring to bear uh, as we go through this particular episode. Episode six of the Fire In My Words podcast. And, you know, I, I have to be honest with you. White America has now been forced to come to terms with her sins. And um, in this particular, I mean, I've been hearing so many uh, analysis on this particular topic that we're going to get into with regard uh, to the Confederate flag. You know, uh, white people, particularly and especially white men, have now been forced to wrestle with a glaring contradiction, a glaring hypocrisy that for far too long obscured the shame and the, the sin that both undergirds and hovers over this nation. Indeed, the very fabric of the United States is stained with the blood and toil of my ancestors, our ancestors. I don't want to be... Uh, I don't have a monopoly on who our people are, obviously, but uh, if you hear me saying my ancestors, I'm talking about all of us, the collective us. But for the uh, myriad of distractions that sort of bury an honest and sober look into America's moral depravity and the uh, despicable past that certainly undergirds uh, this history, her shrouded gaze would stay affixed to the illusion that she is this grandiose idea of freedom and equality for all of her citizens. And we know that it's a lie. One only needs to examine what is happening today. There is this national reckoning that is taking place right now before our very eyes. And I dare say, that this reckoning like the coronavirus pandemic is going to be sweeping across the globe. I promise you that. What a strange collision of circumstances we're seeing today. A health pandemic that is disproportionately impacting our people because of the uh, health disparities that have been essentially allowed uh, to persist for generations and the dehumanization and injustices and the racial prejudice and the bigotry that we've endured as a people for centuries have now been sharpened. It's coming into focus, a, uh, a fuller picture for all of the nations around the world to see, especially the United States. There was something about George Floyd's death that registered in our collective minds so viscerally, so clearly. 
that for me, it is an understatement that something has shifted. Something, there's a, a, a shift that is tangible. It's a kind of tectonic shake that arouses us out of a uh, persisting slumber, if you will. And I want to say this to America, particularly and especially white America. Your skirt or your dress has been lifted and your shame has been exposed. All of your shame, your past, your history, your treachery toward people of color, that skirt has been lifted and we see you. It's not just this nation. It's just not this country. The world has responded to George Floyd's death, not simply because uh, an African-American was viciously murdered by thugs with badges and guns. But the power of the state has been entrusted to bigots. And people are seeing that the power of the state has been entrusted to racists and thugs and purely incompetent idiots that see themselves as superior because of their whiteness or because they are donned in a uniform that provides them a sense of power and this insidious form of control and oppression. The nation is seeing this. Nations around the globe, they are seeing this. People all over the world responded to the death of George Floyd because the original sin of the entire Western world has now come into sharp focus. The United States, all of Europe, uh, France, Britain, Germany, even down under, uh, you know, they call it Australia. They call it down under. The sins of the past and the uh, grievous acts of oppression today can no longer be obscured by uh, relics of yesterday or some faded chapter in history. The way your black citizens have been treated all of these years, a global coming to terms is now unfolding for all of us to see. From the transatlantic slave trade to slavery in the United States to colonialism that essentially pillaged and raped an entire continent by the British and the French and the Portuguese. The entire Western world has blood on our hands and this global reckoning that we are seeing before our very eyes is long overdue, long overdue. When you see thousands of people consisting of all cultures and races gather to chant black lives matter in places like Britain and in France. It's because the citizens of those countries also felt and feel the lash of oppression and overzealous policing and thugs with badges and brutes with guns and an entire system erected to keep the necks of vulnerable populations under an oppressive knee. That is what we are seeing. That is what people are responding to today. What appears to be unfolding is the African diaspora has chosen this moment 
to hold a mirror up to America, to hold a mirror up to Britain and the entire Western world for these countries to peer into their wretched past and begin the process of real restitution for her sins. That's what we're seeing. And I don't know how our diaspora family that are in Europe or Australia. I don't know how they will engage this conversation with their white fellow citizens, but here in America, a great place to start is with the traitors of this nation that sought to keep my ancestors in bondage and maintain that wicked system of slavery. That is a great place to start. They are traitors to this country. Let me be blunt. If you don symbols of the Confederacy, if you wave a Confederate battle flag, and if you celebrate the false notion of Confederate heroism, if you tout or uh, advocate or champion or defend and promote the Confederate history, its cause, its purpose, its agenda, you are a traitor to this country. And you are consciously or subconsciously seeking the oppression and the subjugation of my people. You are fantasizing about the ability to hold people bondage. If you support that kind of agenda, if you celebrate that ideology, that's what you support. You are a racist. I'm going to be clear and unequivocal about that. You are a racist if you support the Confederacy. You are a bigot. You are hateful. If that ideology is burned into your soul and your spirit and you are an advocate of it and you trumpet it and you um, spew it from your spirit, you are a bigot. You have bought into the fallacy that you are superior because of your white skin. Despite the fact that morally and spiritually and intellectually, you are nothing more than a foul exponent of an ugly and a vile heritage. I guess you can feel hear the seething coming from my own spirit because of what that flag represents to me. I detest that disgusting flag. I abhor everything that it stands for. You have idiots running around this country, particularly here in the South, suggesting that that battle flag stands for Southern heritage and Southern pride. The reality is, family, that that heritage and that pride is forever rooted in the subjugation of our people. It's rooted in the invalidation of my humanity. Hear me, white folk who support the Confederate flag. There is nothing glorious or redeemable or respectable about that vile flag or the ideology that undergirds its symbolism. In my eyes, 
and in the heart of my people, you will never be able to disassociate the meaning and intent of that flag from its treacherous history. And I want to remind folks, especially my people, and more importantly, the folks that espouse that battle flag as some sort of uh, triumphant symbol of rebellion. The Confederacy stood for the enslavement of my people. The Civil War was fought because white Southerners and Confederate adherents wanted to preserve that evil system of slavery. The people on the side of the Confederacy waged war on a nation that was reckoning with the sin of slavery. During Reconstruction, that battle flag was waved and hoisted as a symbol of pride, although it was riddled with depravity and inhumanity and wickedness. Let me be clear about something. I don't care how you dress it up with uh, fake European-style Victorian dress and nostalgia and nice mannerism and uh, so-called Southern hospitality and soft-spoken utterances by white women donned in antebellum fashion. The Confederacy was a bane to the descendants of African people to the descendants of enslaved Africans. It's a bane to us. I don't care how hospitable you are and how hospitable you talk. You espouse the enslavement and bondage of my people. I want you to understand this. When this country needed black men to help fight its wars, efforts were underway to desegregate the armed forces in uh, the mid-1940s. And I, 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 do, I do believe Harriet Truman or Harry Truman uh, led that fight, causing uh, avowed segregationists to launch a campaign of rebellion, both in the political and social sphere. That campaign also included a wave of terror in the South, lynchings and beatings by the Ku Klux Klan, which saw that flag as a symbol of white supremacy and white pride and segregation. That despicable and traitorous flag, that's what they saw in it. It was celebrated as a symbol of opposition to civil rights and human rights and desegregation, not just by racist groups like the Ku Klux Klan, but ordinary white Southerners, you know, the regal folks promoting so-called Southern hospitality while their hearts is filled with vile, spewing hatred for people with my hue of skin. I need you to understand that. Those of you that uh, promote the Confederate flags, that is what we see. We see wickedness in that flag. We see terror. You know, as the protests continues to sweep across the nation over the brutal death of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Arbery and countless others, victims 
of police murder, victims of misconduct and excessive force. Monuments of Confederate generals are rightfully being torn down and rightfully being desecrated and dragged into rivers and lakes. And the notion of the Confederacy is now rightfully being cast as ugly and reprehensible and traitorous and repugnant. That is the rightful place in history where that Confederate flag belongs, as well as its ideology. I'm going to be intentionally redundant here. The South lost the war. The Confederacy and its generals are traitors to this country. They are turncoats to our democracy and our freedom. They are betrayers of this republic. And their treasonous acts ought not be celebrated or honored. Now, America is being forced to reckon with her ugliness, honoring traitors to this nation, erecting uh, monuments of racist slave-holding generals that fought to preserve an evil and wicked system, hoisting that battle flag, the battle flag of conspirators and traitors to this nation, hoisting it in state capitals and local municipalities. No, it's not acceptable. I want to read this to you so that you can, I want you to understand, this is very important. We had military installations and training centers and named after the most despicable people that have ever walked this earth. Monuments in honor of people that deserve nothing but scorn and ridicule and condemnation. Let me read this. Um, let's see. Henry Benning was a Georgia lawyer who became an outspoken uh, defender of slavery and advocate for secession in uh, the lead up to the Civil War. His father owned more than 100 slaves and tax records from 1863 show that he owned at least 89 slaves himself, along with more than 3000 acres of land. These investments gave him a total wealth of more than one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. And one historian has described him as a de as devoted to slavery. In early 1861, he took the, his secessionist campaign to Virginia, where he complained to the legislature that the abolition of slavery would lead to black governors, black legislatures, uh, black juries, black everything. Is it to be supposed that the white race will stand for that? End quote. He also predicted that, quote, the land will be left in the possession of the blacks and then it will go back to a wilderness and become another Africa or St. Domingo. Imagining a world in which former slave Frederick Douglass became president, Banning said, I say, give me pestilence and famine sooner than that, end quote. That's what that disgusting fool said this fool is being honored here's another one leonidas i might be pronouncing it incorrectly leonidas polk fort polk in louisiana by the way he owned 400 slaves 
this fort or base was <clears throat> was named after him, who uh, was both a bishop in the Episcopal Church and a major general in the Confederate Army. Polk, a cousin of 11th U.S. President James Polk, is thought to have had as many as 400 slaves on sugar plantations in Tennessee. His family owned more than 100,000 acres of land, and he initially went to West Point but diverted to uh, religious life and became bishop of the Diocese of Louisiana in 1841. This contemptible man is being honored. Robert E. Lee inherited 189 slaves. You know, Fort Lee in Virginia, 25 miles south of Richmond, is named after Confederate General Chief Robert E. Lee. Lee fought in the uh, Mexican-American War and spent three years as a superintendent at West Point training some of the men who would later serve under him. He owned slaves from the age of 22 when he inherited several families of black people after the death of his mother, Ann Lee. In 1857, his father-in-law left him 189 slaves who worked on the estates of Arlington, White House, and Roman Roman Coke. This disgusting man is and has been honored. John Bell, John Bell Hood, I should say, his family owned slaves. You know, you heard Fort Hood. In Texas, Fort Hood is the Army's premier installation to train and deploy heavy forces and is named after Confederate General John Bell Hood. Hood was from Kentucky, which declared itself neutral in the war and had previously served in the United States Cavalry after graduating from West Point, where he met Lee. The Hood family owned seven slaves in 1830 census and had 11 slaves by 1840. And Hood himself had a fortune of nearly 10,000 by the end of his life. In 1861, he chose to fight for the Civil South in the Civil War and had been promoted to Brigadier General in, by 1862. On occasion, he gave soldiers to procure thousands of slaves, demanding the service of 4,000 Negroes for his army. This vile man is honored. Edmund Rucker, General, Honorary General, you know, Fort Rucker in Alabama. George Pickett, his family owned slaves. You know, Fort Pickett in Virginia. Ambrose uh, Powell Hill, he defected to the South. Fort A.P. Hill in Virginia. P.G.T. Bigard, I don't know. I don't care to pronounce the name correctly. He rented slaves. All of these awful men have been honored by our military and in schools and in history books when they are nothing more than a disgrace to this country. We are honoring these despicable men. You know, I'm not particularly interested in whether these folks should be honored in museums because that's the conversation that we're uh, having if we tear down the monuments put them in museums and that way people can recognize i'm not well yeah well let me just say this we should preserve their awful history as an example of how depravity and evil can translate into policy and systematic oppression so yeah let's remember these idiots but honestly speaking the legacy of these bastards 
and that of the Confederacy and its ideology and its symbols of hatred is exemplified in that abhorrent and offensive battle flag. Actually, it belongs in the trash bin of history. You will never see the Jewish community. You will never see Germany hoisting a Nazi flag or embracing the swastika as a symbol of German pride. In fact, the relics and symbolism of Nazism is roundly and rightfully rejected by Germans and the Jewish community and right thinking Americans who saw Hitler and his evil regime as murderers and a threat to humanity. We fought the Nazis to preserve humanity. And then we got idiots in this country embracing Nazism. And we see the Nazi flag and Nazi symbolisms and, and relics being proudly hoisted in various places in the South because they are traitors to this nation. People celebrating Hitler. And he was a threat to humanity. But Germany said, you are not going to celebrate these people or hoist their symbols in our capital, in our municipalities. We're going to put it in a trash bin of history. So, too, should we see the symbols and relics of a defeated and traitorous confederacy whose efforts were to keep my ancestors in bondage. Now, the first step in America's reckoning of her vile heritage is to tear down the symbols of terror and dread and intimidation and fear and efforts of secession. What these deplorable people wanted to do, especially Southern white men, was to continue the rape of our women. They wanted to continue the separation of of our families. They wanted to continue what they considered breeding black babies to labor in cotton and tobacco fields to build their wealth. They wanted to continue to beat and torture and dehumanize people with my hue of skin. They wanted to subject our people to chains and whips and castrations and molestation and sexual deviance. That's what these people were fighting for. They wanted to peer out into their plantation fields and watch black women and children bending and kneeling as their hands and back ached for hours picking cotton. They loved lashing and using the whip to control our people. They loved the idea of humiliating our men in front of our women and children. They enjoyed raping and torturing our women in drunken fits of rage. That's what these people were preserving. To rape our women. Yes, their anger and their their rage and their contempt and their uh, exasperations and their bitterness and their fury and their indignation, their irritations, their obsessions were projected on us. Most often in brutal violence, that's what the Confederacy was trying to preserve. These hateful people robbed us of our humanity. And these bastards that wanted to continue this depraved treatment of people 
of my hue of skin are foul and repulsive to me. They are wholly undeserving of any kind of honor and respect. And if you see that disgusting battle flag in any light other than the dishonor and treasonous symbolism that it stands for, you are as vile and sickening and appalling as the bastards that held my people in bondage. And I will never equivocate from that. Let the Confederate flag, the battle flag, all of its symbolism and the ideology be tossed in the trash bin. No, not the trash bin of history. Let it be tossed in the trash. This is Ron Holland, host of the Fire In My Words podcast. We'll talk with you soon. God bless.